Welcome to the Career Growth Podcast, where we discuss how university students and graduates can break into the job market and develop their careers. Let's get started with your hosts, Lucy, Vinay, and Julia. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Career Growth Podcast, where we dive a bit deeper into some of your most sought-after industries. I am your host, Julia, followed by my two amazing co-hosts, Vinay and Lucy. Hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome back, guys. How's everything been treating you? Great, great. Uh, can't complain. Uh, how are things for you, Lucy? Yeah, good. I feel like the week's going really quickly. I'm not sure why, because usually it goes like at 0.5 miles per hour. But yeah, very strange. And I'm not drunk, I promise. <laughs> but yeah, all good. What about you, Julia? How's your week going? Same, very quickly. It feels like a Thursday. I keep getting my days slightly confused as to which one I'm on. I just know it's a work day, but I don't know which work day. I'm on it's just one of them so. I feel like that's lockdown life in one <laughs> definition I don't know what day yeah. it is yeah just just yeah. existing from day to day <laughs> well let's get straight to it shall we so this week I want to talk about something that comes up a lot in conversation um, whether it's talking to your friend whether it's when you're at a job interview and it's about the importance of work experience what do you both think about work work experience and how much work experience do you think students should have by the time they've graduated? I think this is a really good topic because often the answer is for a lot of people it feels like a chicken and egg scenario for a lot because you kind of need experience to get experience and going back to your question Julia I would say you know the right answer is as much experience as possible is the right answer but realistically you should really aim to do at least two internships by the time you graduate from your degree. Work experience is really important because it shows you have practical experience and not just the theoretical knowledge. Studies after studies have shown employers prefer candidates with work experience over candidates who just have a great academic record. I'm not saying that if you come up with a great degree, it's you're not going to get a job. That's not the case, but it just means it's that much harder for you. And we'll dive into details why that is in a, in, a, in a few minutes. The reason why employers prefer candidates with experience is because they want to see evidence of you transitioning from learning to applying your knowledge in a commercial setting or in a practical setting, because that's ultimately what work is. And it's very different from university and it's not an easy transition for most people. And just about having those internships under your belt, it shows to an employer that you have started thinking about your career and you do know what you, or at least you kind of know where you want to go. And so that makes it much easier for an employer when they're sifting through lots of CVs to see candidates who have slightly relevant experience, I suppose, to what kind of, to the job that they've advertised. This is again, something that a lot of studies have shown that, you know, candidates with internships do get jobs a lot quicker once they graduate as well. So I think that's the key point for a lot of the people that's listening to this because they kind of think, what am I going to get from doing this internship? More than the experience, it also makes it much easier for you to get a job once you have graduated or once you're about to graduate. Yeah, to answer your short question in a short answer, I'll say at least two internships by the time you graduate. Yeah, I, I agree with that, though it's definitely one of those things where employers, you know, it's, it's tricky because they may be asking for an impossible amount of experience from graduates for an entry level job. And I think there's so much pressure on students nowadays to really have like a built up CV before landing their first career. And obviously there's there's quite a lot of difficulty in, in learning how to balance you know getting this experience amongst your studies and also getting the right opportunities and kind of convincing employers to take you on with minimal experience so it's quite a difficult situation and I think it's quite quite increasingly um, pressured as well. I agree uh, you know me and Lucy were a lot joking about this couple of days ago where we got a job description where the employer was asking for someone with <laughs> 10 plus years of experience uh, we just laughed at it because you know as much as we think it's funny unfortunately it is the case where employers have uh, unrealistic expectations sometimes from the candidates that are applying for that particular role which is unfortunate but it just shows that having experience is always a good thing and you should try and get as much work experience as possible and this doesn't necessarily have to be you know ideally it's like an office-based internship but working in retail or working in hospitality is also important and there are some really good and key skills that you can pick up through those work experiences which will definitely come in handy when you're looking for a graduate job. Just to kind of go a little bit more on your point Vinay, bringing up the fact that employers are asking for 10 plus years of experience in an internship which obviously if you're a graduate that would make you 12 um, when you needed to start making 
you know, doing work towards your CV, which is a bit not, it's just not practical. And you, uh, you are also an employer as well. And I'm kind of curious to know your thoughts onto this. Uh, it's, it almost kind of feels like I'm asking, why do men do this? But it's more like, why do all employers do this? Uh, but on your specific thoughts, why, why do employers ask for as much experience as they do, knowing it's really difficult? I think that's a really good question. And this is me speaking on behalf of CPN, not any particular employees in general. But for us, it's really important to see prior internships or work experiences. We'll almost always reject graduates applying for roles within CP if they don't have any prior work experience. Obviously, as a company that promotes internships, it's difficult for us to take someone who hasn't worked before and is straight from university. But I think one of the reasons why employers insist on that is the key reason is because they can and there's a oversupply of uh, candidates in the in the job market especially in the pandemic so they employers value work experience and obviously the more work experience you have the more qualified you are I suppose to an employer and uh, if you think about you know if you think about if you're a university and you think about your class almost everyone has an almost identical CV when you graduate you know Everyone's pretty much done similar classes. Everyone comes out with like a 2-1 or a first, or at least the vast majority do these days. And you go to a good university, you get a good degree. And it's those, it's the internship that will really set you aside and set you apart rather. And it's something that students, I wish universities emphasize that a bit more while they are in school so that it's not too late for a lot of these candidates. So going a little off topic here, do you think it's fair for employers to ask those who are applying for an internship to have prior ex experience? I know that's a little bit of pressure on you, <laughs> um, but, you know, internships are designed to do just that. Um, obviously help students get their first taste of experience. So is it a little bit contradicting? I 100% agree with you, Lucy. It is the ultimate chicken and egg scenario for a lot of students because some employers are honest about this and they say, you know they are looking for candidates with prior experience in the industry while well, vast majority of employees will not explicitly say that but in reality they do expect you to have that experience so again that's makes it even harder because of often what's written on the job description is there to kind of appeal to as many applicants as possible but in reality the criteria within the company is a lot narrower and they have a lot more kind of requirements which they don't really advertise which is unfortunate but going to your question about is it fair Again, it's, it's, I don't think it's a question of fairness because ultimately the employer has to choose the best candidate and candidates with prior work experience, it offers a lot of benefits to an employer. One, they know how to work. As a student, we all know, you know, working, transitioning from being a student to working full-time is very difficult. And it's very different. Obviously, there's a lot more structure to your day. You've got to pretty much wake up at the same time, seven, five, six days a week. You have to know how to work. And that's different. That You know, you don't get taught how to work at university. And these are things that you kind of have to learn on the go. And a lot of employers like having candidates who have already done that. And so they don't have to kind of emphasize things like, you know, how to send a professional email, how to turn up to work on time, how to make sure you don't uh, overrun a meeting or you're not running late to a meeting or you don't, you forget about a meeting. All those things you kind of pick up as you pick up an internship experience. And that's something that is worth a lot to employers. And so they prefer candidates with that kind of experience, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess it's more, it's, like you said, not a matter of it being fair, but it's a matter of being reality and kind of just straying off a little bit. Would you encourage people who do not have, you know, the five years worth of experience that some internships require or even two years worth of experience to still give it a shot and apply anyways or kind of push them away from that idea? Can I just make a quick point here? The quick point here is I would say the vast majority of employers are fairly reasonable with what they ask and they don't usually ask for like the years of experience. But, um, you know, it's it's still worth getting those experience and, you know, employers are fairly reasonable when it comes to it. well at least in my experience the vast majority of them are reasonable they don't they expect months of experience and not years of experience but with degree programs that offer the year in the industry program it does make it slightly difficult to justify why you don't have experience going forward because a lot of the universities today offer that to almost any degree program so by the time you graduate you almost have 12 months worth of experience that's a year worth of experience that's even without doing any internship that's just doing that industrial placement year you get 12 months worth of experience plus you know you add another two or three internships to that you're well on your way to a year and a half 
18 months worth of experience. So going to your original question, Julia, um, definitely, you know, especially with application and the process being quite fairly easy uh, these days, I would probably recommend putting a bit more effort into that cover letter and explaining why you're still a good candidate without the years of experience. The other thing to bear in mind is that if, if an employer has unrealistic expectations and they make that very clear, you should probably ask yourself why you're applying for that because that's usually a red flag. For me, when I when we work with employers and they have very unrealistic expectations, we usually just let them know that they are fairly un, unrealistic and we're not very keen on working with employers like that because ultimately it's not going to be a great place for the intern to work in the future. Yeah, I mean, uh, I find it interesting that the people, at least universities in the UK, have that one-year experience. Some of them, in the I find more in the East Coast of the US, have co-ops, what we were speaking about, where you can do six months. This is not actually something I have seen in a lot of Southern universities. Um, so it's a new concept to me that you can do an internship alongside your your studies. I've seen doing studying abroad, but I do really like the idea of being able to do an internship while you're still at university as still part of your degree. And I hope in the future universities in the US kind of pick up the same idea as the one in the UK. So kind of moving forward, we've discussed some of the reasons why we believe work experience is important. And we've gotten some really good feedback from you, Vinay, um, since you're an employer and can kind of give us a little bit of insight into what that world looks like. Um, so let's talk a, a little bit more about some of the reasons why work work history is so important in today's job market. Lucy, why do you think work history is especially important in today's job market? So with my daily role, I do speak to a lot of employers across a, a variety of different industries that are, that are interested in looking to bring new talent into their teams. So based off my experience, I think one of the most important reasons is that, and I know we touched on this earlier, that it gives practical experience and not just theoretical knowledge. So in my opinion, I know degrees are really important, but employers are definitely shifting away from a decision based on whether you have a first, for example, a red brick university. And I think what these employers are realizing that actually there's so many other skills that you can build through work experience that would make you more employable than someone that looks great on paper with with a degree so I definitely think that there's becoming a trend actually that people are thinking no we don't we don't need to judge someone based on their education now there's actually a lot of other things that will shape them into a better and more employable candidate. For my knowledge as a red brick university like Cambridge and Oxford sort of situation is it kind of like an Ivy League? So Redbrick, I would say is probably, I'd say Oxford, Cambridge is like the cliche one to go for, but um, for example, Leeds University, University of Manchester. So they're kind of like the top tier of universities that were considered probably, you know, more likely to get you a job. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you are the expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were originally kind of six red brick universities in the UK. And I'm not sure if you recall from the interview with Ali that we had a few days ago, a lot of firms were really well known for hiring from one particular red brick university. But I think over the years, that's kind of expanded. So obviously you have Oxbridge, which is Oxford and Cambridge, then you have red bricks. So that includes Bristol, Birmingham, Leeds, Liverpool, Manchester and Sheffield. But then the list has kind of expanded to Russell Group Universities. And I believe there's 20 something universities in that list. And it's a group of essentially universities the main reason why employers preferred that was because it was predominantly to do with their research history in these universities they are very kind of research heavy and these universities have been around for hundreds of years and so they have very rich history but modern universities I mean I would say newer universities or the ex-polytechnics they're a bit more innovative with their degree programs often they're the first ones to launch the year in the industry program for almost any degree that you study so you could do history you could do marketing you could study engineering and you can still get that year as well as a work experience and they're a lot more innovative and their teachings are usually a lot more practical and less research heavy. I'm not going to pick a side of the, each of the uh, two but obviously there are pros and cons to both universities. Uh, someone can have a really great degree where they got a first class degree from a great university with other excellent academic achievements but still lack some of the practical skills that come with actually doing work and being involved in the industry. So this goes back to things like, you know, learning how to work and showcasing to an employer that you can work. It's very different as in like, you know, uh, it's very common to send an email after a meeting uh, when you're working just to follow up, but you don't do that for a lecture. So obviously it'd be a bit silly for you to email the lecturer after the lecture summarizing a notes from it. it there are 
there is a huge difference from working and studying and so that work experience is going to be worth a lot more and university and employers rather are happy to kind of take candidates with not a great academic record in lieu for candidates with you know prior work experience and a good enough work uh, academic record yeah i agree it's definitely the hands-on experience that you get which makes you valuable to employers and also just makes you kind of a versatile candidate and you know the ability to adapt to different working environments with work experience it definitely gives you the opportunity to apply what you've learned from the university to real life and you can you know see how and what happens when you do that firsthand rather than for example a scenario that your university pro professor created for you and i think that's what you know the whole this whole kind of career podcast is about really just trying to alliterate to everyone that's listening how important it really is to put yourself out there and learn these different skills because they really do help you um, in your career yeah i agree with you lucy um the practical experience definitely does help with your confidence and it kind of goes into the point where you can study and you can research for something but you may feel like you may even feel like you know everything you need to know, but there are definitely going to be bridges of knowledge or gaps in your knowledge where you don't know it and you only really fill that gap by doing it. And so it just kind of takes what you need to know and what you don't know and you connect them into one. And that's what you, that's what work experience basically does is connecting what you know theoretically up into practical and make in helping you become more successful in your career. I want to use a really bad analogy here, but I think some of it, it might make sense to some people. So it's a bit like, you know, watching a YouTube video and thinking that you could do something. So like, you know, if you've ever done like DIY based off like a YouTube video, anyone that's tried doing it knows how difficult it is to like just transition from that on the, from the things that you picked up online to actually doing it. And that's essentially what the internship is. So you can pick up all the academic knowledge from a textbook, from like videos, from your lectures, but when you actually come to doing it, it's very different. And applying that theoretical knowledge is so different. And I'm not saying that because I watch YouTube videos and try doing my own bathroom, which ended up in a disaster. But uh, <laughs> anyone that's done a DIY will know how difficult it is. <laughs> that, no, I'm, you're definitely right, Vinay. The DIY thing is a much better way to explain it than what I was saying. Um, and I also, I've never redone my own restrooms, but I definitely try to recreate food a lot, um, which Lucy's fantastic abs, but I <laughs> am not that good because everything needs to be lactose free and it just never, it never stands up as well <laughs> in mm. some cases. I, so, but in all the other cases, I do understand it's not the same, but kind of moving a little bit past that, can a bad job experience or bad internship experience still help you with future job opportunities or could that bad experience potentially harm your future careers in terms of development? Yeah, you bring up a really good point, Julia. So for Vinay, I'm going to ask you, in this case, can a bad job experience still work for future job opportunities or can it have the potential to further harm your career since you may not have progressed or learned as much as you could have? Thanks for passing the buck there, Lucy. Uh, <laughs> That's what I do best. <laughs> um, I'm a firm believer of no experience is bad experience. I think you can always learn from experiences. So, and the great thing about an internship is it doesn't last forever. And, you know, usually it has a defined end period. And I've heard some horror stories of internships. And obviously you can still take a lot away from that. And naturally, as you said, a bad experience often leads to you not learning as much as you really should have over the course of that internship but at least you know what bad experience looks like and in, you can take that with you in future interviews you know and where you kind of see when you go into an interview and where you kind of have like a very similar experience um another firm you know those are kind of red flags and just going back to the point you know if it's an internship a bad internship is not the end of the world yes you do miss out on some learning but you also learn some valuable lessons very early on in your career which you which will potentially help you when it comes to you know when you're applying for graduate jobs in the future it also makes you a lot more risk averse and that's not necessarily a bad thing you know often you know, it might mean in the future you look at uh, Glassdoor reviews of an employer before you go into an interview. And that helps you kind of narrow down the perfect opportunities, which sometimes if you don't have those experiences early on in your career, that might happen to you in your mid-20s or in your 30s and 40s, where often the, the outcome of a bad experience could be a lot worse than a bad internship. Interesting. I mean, I've actually was reading a little bit on this Twitter thread, and it's a lot of just college students speaking. And I think 
from what I could tell from Twitter said, and I also know as a student who was in the same type of position, it can be extremely frustrating uh, because you have experience, but you may not have experience that is directly related to your job that you're looking to go into. So it could be, you could do a retail position or a service industry position um, that you did part-time through university and maybe you couldn't really afford to do something that was more direct and unpaid. Um, in that case, what do you do in that position? How do you get into this field? You have the experience, but not directly related experience, but it's, it's better than no experience, right? Absolutely. Uh, exactly. So, you know, having some sort of experience is better than not having any experience. And I think it comes down to two words, which is transferable skills. And if you work in retail and hospitality, which a lot of students do, there are still very valuable things that you could take away from that experience. And you can highlight those to any prospective employers when you're making an application for so things like communication skills, working as part of a team, sticking to tight deadlines, you know, resolving problem solving resolving customers issues these are things that you do in retail or hospitality setting almost on a daily basis and although we emphasize the importance of having an ideal internship which includes a an ideal set of duration which is kind of you know anywhere between eight to twelve weeks we talk about it being in the industry that you want to go into in the future that's an ideal scenario and we all know that not everything is ideal and you can still take away some really good valuable experiences from retail and hospitality related roles. Julia, you work pretty closely in uh, with our content marketing side of things. So, but your degree isn't in content marketing or even relevant to it. So you didn't have any experience in marketing when you applied for a marketing internship with us. What's your reasoning behind this decision? And how about you, Lucy? How did you get into PR without having a degree in PR, which is your background prior to capital placement? So I'll take the reins on this one because apparently I always pass the back. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, did you? Difficult start? to pass that one when it's talking about your career. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think for me, networking was a huge factor when technically transitioning from HR to PR, with HR being the degree that I completed at university. So I kind of fell into the job in PR as a good old friend of ours at Capital Placement known as Marco. Hey Marco, you're listening. <laughs> um, yeah, so Marco helped me, you know, he was helping me find um, a consulting job at the time, which is quite ironic because I know we, we always talk about consulting. It, at the time, it was kind of like the only job I saw for me. So I was really kind of going for the big four and um, thinking that this was the, the only route that I was going to take. And then a job popped up at the PR agency and I've always had a creative flair. So I thought I'd, I'd give it a chance. Um, but this doesn't mean that it was just a quick, you know, hire. I still had to go through an interview process um, and still had to do like a couple of tests in my interview. So although like the whole it's who you know phrase can be relevant a lot of the time, I still had to kind of prove that I could adjust my current skills from my degree and education uh, of educational experience to fit the role. I think the main thing for me is that I made sure to, like my desire to learn and adapt stood out in the interview, but I really kind of looked back on, you know, like the catering industry, like I had experience in that and other kind of you know hospitality roles I really took out little aspects of that and made it applicable to the PR role so it's definitely beneficial to have just anything you can in terms of work experience and really try and mold that into the job that you're going for. I, I you know this is something that Julia always tells me it's all to kind of give yourself enough credit so look back at the experience that you've got and you know just because a lot of other people do work in retail hospitality it does not mean that's not relevant to a future employer. And so going back to the point about highlighting transferable skills like communication, problem solving, et cetera, highlight those, exp those experiences to an employer during an interview. Talk about difficult customers that you dealt with or difficult situations that you found yourself in and how you got out of that, which is very relevant to working in almost any company in any kind of role. So definitely look at those kind of skills and highlight experiences where you kind of went through that and highlight those to any employers during an interview yeah and a quick a quick funny story on um on that so I, when I had a hospitality role um so I was basically doing catering for weddings I dropped a whole tray of champagne flutes in front of the bride and groom <laughs> and 
I just dealt with it. Like I learned to deal with it really well. I didn't cry. I just kind of really apologized and went and got them a new brand new tray and did everything to kind of like make up for that really horrible, embarrassing situation. And I always look back on that actually. Um, and I think that's taught me a lot about how to kind of repair situations and deal with obviously a lot of pressure at work. So to anyone who's listening, if you ever do something like that, just just see the bright side of it. Hopefully you don't, but yeah. The bright side. <laughs> the bright side of ruining a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> the, bright. the bright side. I like it. And the oh, bad jokes. No, I mean I completely yeah. oh, no. I know. I love my bad jokes. Uh, but I mean, I agree with you, Lucy. I definitely have horror stories of my time and in serving, and it got worse as the higher you went up to a better restaurant, and the more, I guess, wealthy the person was, the more pressure it was to do well. And I've definitely have done dropped guacamole, <laughs> dropped. I one time dropped, uh, I think, a two hundred, like two hundred U.S. dollar tequila three different times on me. And I'm pretty sure that bartender was about this close to hitting me with the tequila bottle. Um, but what's it? Did you drop it down your throat? I wish I should have. That would have been more fun. Uh, I know. Yeah, I wish. No, they. It was definitely a whole level of pressure that you find in the service industry. That definitely teaches you a lot going forward to everything else, and not getting so annoyed with little bitty things because you're just like you have you. You don't really have a choice in the service industry. You you gotta get up move on like things are going you don't really have time to sit and sit down and cry about the fact that you've made a mistake as lucy found out <laughs> but yeah i think i'm pretty much the same as lucy i kind of fell into the role i wasn't actually i didn't actually know i was doing marketing when i was at university i had to find ways to connect it i helped with um, an organization at university that had to market their organization and i was just kind of doing things that made sense to me so it kind of came a little bit more naturally to me, but I had no idea what I was doing. And I just kind of knew that I didn't want to do anything with my degree. So when it came time for me to kind of figure out what I wanted to do, I started with, well, what can I test trial? And trying to figure out what I've done with the organization, what I could bring from the service industry and how I could use that towards what I want to do as a job. And as I've done the internship, I've kind of realized I like content marketing a little bit more than maybe digital marketing in some cases. And I can talk a lot and I can also write a lot. So it kind of fell in together. So that's kind of how I connected my degree to whatever I was doing. I just had to, same as Lucy, think about what I could connect to what I was wanting to do. Um, but I guess, are you kind of suggesting students do something similar to that, Vinay? Just as you're saying, just find a way to connect it even though they may not be may not seem like a an obvious connection absolutely and i think people or at least students often overlook the experience that they already have and during conversations they start bringing up these things uh, i did not know that lucy worked for a catering company and that experience is valuable and if she had she brought that up during an interview that would definitely given her some extra brownie points not that she needed anymore but like you know she did <laughs> oh, well thanks. with us so <laughs> It still would have been super, you know, it's a, <laughs> it would have definitely come in handy. And, you know, it definitely highlights those kind of situations and those kind of experiences are really life lessons. And that's what you kind of need when you are applying for jobs and just highlight those. It doesn't necessarily have to be retail or hospitality. You can always do that with nonprofits. You could be volunteering and you could pick up a lot of those kind of similar experiences by volunteering. So that could be working in a local charity shop or a lo local soup kitchen or a community kitchen where you're helping other people. And again, there's going to be situations like what me, Julia and Lucy just mentioned, where, you know, stakes were quite high and potentially the outcome that you ended up with was probably not what you expected and how you overcame those are still going to be important. So there's no real excuse for not having any sort of experience because, you know, volunteering, hospitality, retail, are still relevant and so you should be aspiring to do those during your summer vacation if you haven't already done so or have got another internship or if you did not get a internship in an office setting. Lucy, since you worked in the catering experience, um, this happens to me a lot. When you go to weddings, are you like looking at how, like, what the caterer does and almost like judging or seeing if they're doing things that they they should be doing because I do that a lot every time I go to restaurants and I'm looking at how quickly do they greet me do they get my drinks away that they're doing things do they clean the table and I, I sometimes have to put blinders on and be like stop judging the waiter stop judging the waiter <laughs> 
to be honest i just stare at the menu all the time <laughs> and i'll be staring at the other people's food so i'm one of those people and i have to apologize a lot so like food will be like coming past me and it will obviously be going to like the other customers and i will just be staring at the customers <laughs> whilst they're eating and then i have to they'll catch mine i'm like i'm so sorry like it just looks really good <laughs> um so i don't pay too much attention but I do love an open kitchen where I can see how they do things and I think it's um I like to learn from like watching people um and I do to be honest sometimes I have been like come on like you can kind of get a bit more organized with that like you can, especially at Nando's I'm like surely you can cook the chicken a little bit quicker but um I don't make too many judgments as long as I'm fed well I'm happy yeah. <laughs> days with Lucy's gonna be fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> So what interests you, Lucy, staring at the chicken going by? <laughs> what? I just think, like, how good is that going to be? Like, <laughs> I just, yeah, it's the visuals of food that really, really get me going. So, yeah. <laughs> I still need to go to Nando's. I'm going to now time the chicken that you, you talked about. Nando's it's is half such price. Like a, a cliche. Yeah, it's half right. Like, make the most of it. It's very cliche, kind of, like, like example of, of food in in the UK I think Nando's has become a, very much like a a brand like a very trendy brand so is it like the Primark of food yeah Primark <laughs> yeah Primark it's like Walmart meets Primark uh, uh, okay I live like a hundred meters away from one and like I'm always going to Nando's it's like a great it's like fairly healthy as well so it's like a fairly kind of go-to place to get food. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's good. It's real good. I'm going to try it. Like, they've got, they've got a few Nando's, right, in the US. I think there's one in, like, DC. I remember seeing somewhere that there's a deep... Yeah. I know you're not from DC, but still. Yeah, if I think, I think they do. I'm sure they do. But, yeah, like you were saying, that's pretty much asking me if they have a very specific restaurant in, like, Germany. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I know how stupid that sounds, <laughs> but the moral of the story is go to Nando's. Yeah, and also that Americans don't know anything about the other half of America. So, uh, but Nando's, yeah, Nando's, if you're listening to this, send me the black card, please. Oh, my God, please! I will literally make sure it's the best black card you've ever sent out in your life. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what the black card is, but I am 100% willing to go on camera and try Nando's for a sponsorship. <laughs> for the first time at Nando's we're desperate <laughs> <laughs> anyway so kind of going back to what we were originally talking about um, work experience um, what can we qualify as quote unquote good work experience um, Lucy what are your thoughts on this uh, I think so on a personal level it means an experience where you've learned a lot and was about to get that full experience where you feel you know what it means to work in that particular field. Um, what about you Vinay? I, I agree and as long as you believe you've learned a lot through that experience remember internships are there for you to learn pr primarily and so if you finish the internship and you look back and you think of all the things that you achieved and you're quite proud of it, I would call that a successful work experience or an internship. Whether that's positive or negative, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. As long as you've kind of taken away a lot of learning from that, I would put that as a good work experience. But from like an employer's perspective or like, you know, what employers look for on a CV, I think more than six weeks, ideally at least eight weeks is something that most employers would seek. And it's just for you to kind of, they want to see that you've got your foot in the industry and you kind of know what the industry looks like, what working in that industry is like, and that's essentially what they're looking for. So a minimum of eight weeks would be something that I'd recommend, but the longer the better with an internship. And go ahead. I think, I think touching on that though, I feel like if you can get anything, even if it's not six or like eight weeks, I think even a couple of weeks, I think some some companies will really kind of try and like almost cram a lot of experience into that. Um, so, for example, if you don't actually have physically have the time to do longer, definitely still take something if, even if it offers you less than that, because any experience is valuable in my eyes. I agree. All right. Okay. And where where do you like? Where can we recommend people start with getting their work experience? What are your recommendations, Vinay? 
That's a really good question, Julia. Again, uh, lots of really good questions today, actually. First and foremost, I think you, your expectation should be that it should, your university should help you. Ultimately, you're there to get a good job at the end of the degree. You're not there just to study. And so make best friends with the, the team at the careers office. So try and meet them as frequently as you can pick their brains, uh, ask them about opportunities. They're constantly in touch with local employers. And so check in with them once in a while and see, you know, have you had any, uh, have you spoken to any employers recently that you might think I'll be a good fit for, et cetera. So the first place you should be going to is your university. Ultimately, you're a customer of theirs and they do have an obligation towards you. So make sure you get your money's worth in terms of the tuition that you pay to university by getting maximum returns from the careers department. Other than that, obviously great places are like LinkedIn. There's loads of job boards out there, which uh, it's a double-edged sword because the, the, you get access to a lot of different opportunities, but so do everyone else. So you often find yourself competing with dozens of other people for the same role. So it might not be the most efficient way of, of making applications or at least your time. Uh, I know Lucy touched upon this uh, previously, where networking, and I'm sure like Lucy will go into a bit more detail there. Networking is always a good idea. It's uh, it's often underestimated the power of networking until I suppose you start realizing it because it's never too early to start networking. Go to those careers events. You could be a member of tons of different clubs and societies at universities. And most of them host events on a fairly regular basis where you can meet employers and always go to those things. It's usually an hour at most and often comes with some snacks, which is great as a student. Get some free food and drinks, meet new employers and it's not just that conversation that you have make sure you follow up with them and keep in touch with them that's probably a whole different podcast or a blog on how to network effectively with potential employers in university but networking is another opportunity and there's a whole host of third-party providers like ourselves that can help you with that but we serve a very small niche but you're if you're just looking for internship or work experience definitely look at the options that I just mentioned. But one other thing is just to approach small businesses and ask them. You can always drop them an email, connect with the CEO or the founder on LinkedIn and ask if you can send them your CV and a very, very good cover letter or like a speculative application with a very good cover letter should do the trick as well. Yeah, I agree. And also don't rule out volunteering at an organization or a nonprofit because a lot of these will actually um, be able to provide you with some really valuable communication leadership skills. And also they do have departments, for example, in marketing. I know we've touched upon this before, but yeah, they have a lot of, obviously they run as a business at the same time. So you can really kind of dip your fingers into loads of different areas. I know there's the whole kind of debate on whether volunteering is fair because people who may be a little bit less privileged and actually need that financial kind of support aren't able to volunteer but just see if you can balance it alongside your studies and just do a couple of hours a week everything really counts and just see obviously the benefits of it in in the long term it looks really good on your cv too and i know a lot of employers really respect candidates that have undertaken volunteering yeah, we did a whole series on volunteering on our Instagram. So if you ever want to check out Capital Placement itself, which is a company that we have, you can definitely look us up on Instagram. We have a very specific highlight section called Career Stories that goes over all the different aspects like remote internships and online classes and volunteering and just talks about the benefits of each. But before we end this particular recording, I am coming to you guys with two dilemmas. Too. <laughs> you guys, um, you guys can pick and choose who's going to answer which one. Um, alrighty. So this first one says, "Hello, I'm applying for a role with a company, and I have an interview coming up with them. I have been doing some research. So proud of you for doing that. Um, and I have found an article while googling them that did not paint the company in a positive light. The article was about a recent event where the company was accused of having a toxic work environment." I really like the role and the opportunity it could present, but I am a bit concerned about the work environment and if it's truly what they said it would be. And I'm unsure if I should bring this up in the interview. If I do bring it up, how do I bring it up? Any and all advice would be helpful. Wow, that's a tough <laughs> one. I mean, I'm going to pass the button to Vinay oh. because <laughs> I think he's going to do a better job on this. Although I have actually had this recently as a bit of an experience. So... 
With capital placement, toxic work environment. Toxic it's work environment. Problem. I'm the problem. I mean, my my first thing. So I, this is my personal opinion. I don't always believe everything that Google says, and I think, to be honest, like I know obviously you get some kind of trusted reviews, but I always think at the same time there's a lot of people that may have you know a bit of a grudge towards an employer and it you know it, it might not be 100 percent true but you also need to obviously tread really carefully and you know yes do your research and also believe some of the things you read so personally i think the best thing to do is maybe bring up this in an interview with them and just say look i've, I've read some google reviews would you be able to explain this to me and is there like a kind of a background story or is there anything that I can kind of just prepare myself for that's my kind of personal opinion on this Vinay if you disagree yeah. go ahead. I, mean, I kind of feel like if they sorry if they say oh no, no like if they get upset with you for asking that question at least the way that they respond to that question is really important um because obviously if they're like they're not going to tell you, yeah, we have a terrible work environment here. So do you still want the job? Because <laughs> they're trying to sell the company as much as you're trying to sell yourself. So I would say, watch what they say and how they say it. You know, if they look kind of shady, slightly like fidgeting, being like, oh, that's no, that was like one kind of disgruntled employee. Um, and you've maybe looked at a couple of reviews that also some people might be agreeing on. I would say, think about your decision before going into it. But if it really was like a misunderstanding, like Lucy said, you don't you know, you don't need to believe every single thing that's um, in news. But what do you think, Vinay? I broadly agree with both of you. I think this is also the importance of an internship when you can kind of try. It's almost like you're trying before you're committing to a uh, for a workplace. And I think a lot of internships do convert into jobs. And it's a great way for you to kind of experience it without committing to work in there full time. And so this is where internships come in handy, that experience, etc. So there are some other benefits to internships that are not really talked about and this is one of those but to address the question directly let's be honest people only write reviews when they're super happy or they're super annoyed and so often reviews tend to be one of both ends of the scale nobody really writes reviews about employers when they just have like oh it's an okay place you know it's 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 okay nobody writes reviews about that so I would look at the consistency. So I'll look at how often they're getting these really, really bad reviews with platforms like Glassdoor. You can see that. And often you can see people, how many people have found it useful. And that's quite important. You look at customers' reviews as well. I think if it is a toxic workplace and that has an effect on the entire workforce, that will be pretty much reflecting the customer's experience. So look at their reviews on Google for, you know, check out Google Review, check out Trustpilot, check out all the other review platforms there are and see what the customers are saying. And uh, that could give you a very good idea as to what that place is like. As I mentioned, I would play by ear and see if I should bring it up in an interview or not, because it can really backfire because some people could take it very personally and that is not a good thing when people often take it personally and so see how it goes there are ways to approach that that kind of it is a it is a tricky topic to bring up so and as julia said see how they react to more than what they see more than what they say see how they react to it and see if they address it and I always have a lot of respect for people when they own up and say, okay, yes, we have seen that as an issue. We are working on it. X, Y, Z are the steps that we have taken to make sure that we're working towards solving this problem. That to me is a much better answer than, you know, someone who either dismisses it or blames it on that disgruntled employee and says it was their fault, et cetera. So address it and see a very good employer would address it. And we'll also talk about things that they are doing about it because that's essentially what a good employer would do. It's, it's, it's difficult to give you a, an exact answer to this situation because it is a bit more complicated. I'd love to know a bit more of the details. So whether there's an internship, whether it's a full-time job, if it's an internship, I wouldn't worry too much about it. At least, you know, once you work in a toxic environment, you know what that looks like. And at least you don't have to commit to working there full-time. And also given the current situation, I'll take a good, uh, I'll take an internship offer over not doing an internship at all. Right, so we're kind of in a bit of agreement. Um, just bring it up depending on um, kind of 
fill it out, see if you can bring it up. If you do bring it up, um, probably ask the way Lucy suggested, because I think that's the best way to kind of approach it and just watch their response. So yeah, I, like, I think that pretty much sums that one up. Now, moving on to the second one. Uh, hello, I am applying for a role with a company and the role looks great and they seem like a great company to work for as well. However, I am concerned about the starting salary as it is a bit low for me and I may struggle financially if I get it and decide to take it. However, I, want, I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to have this great experience, but at the same time, it may also hurt me financially. I'm not sure if the salary is set or if it's negotiable and how do, can I bring this up to them without giving off a bad impression? I'm not really sure what to do in the situation. What do we suggest? So basically, great role. They're, they love the company. Everything's good. But the problem is, is the money and they, they want to ask about it, but they can't because they don't know they can, but they're just not sure how to approach it without giving off. Um, I'm only about the money, but at the same time, he also or they also need to be a little bit about the money. I think I would ask initially what the progression looks like. So, for example, if there's, you know, if there's a pay rise opportunity, you know, if you pass your probation, you make a really good impression after three months, potentially ask. And that also kind of lightly lets the employer know that, um, you know, you, you really want to work towards that. And I think there's there's no harm in asking, but I do know it's something that's really kind of, it's really difficult um but i would also ask this at the end of an interview you know i wouldn't i wouldn't kind of jump into that ship i think i'd, I'd really kind of make sure that you've you've put across that you really actually want to be within the company and you know you're really keen to 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 be doing the role um but i would definitely just kind of ask what the stages are in terms of progression I don't, yeah, that, that's kind of my opinion on it personally. But I know, Vinay, you have more experience in this, this matter. It's, it's as Lucy said, it, it is a tricky topic and it's difficult. A lot of candidates are worried about coming across as if they are doing this purely for the money and not for the actual work in the company. And it is a difficult balance to strike. And as Lucy mentioned, it should be one of the things that you bring it up towards the end rather than towards the beginning of the interview. For me personally, I, uh, someone who negotiates about with the salary, I think is a good thing because I think it's it's important to be transparent both ways. And ultimately, if as an employer you're not paying them enough and if they're str struggling financially, that is going to be reflected in their work that they do going forward. And so that's never a good thing as an employer. So if you genuinely are going to struggle financially and you you won't be able to kind of commit your hundred percent to the work then bring it up let them know what the reasons are and go to them with a proposal or as Lucy mentioned ask them for a timeline of what review salary reviews look like and what the next steps or at least in the future what the roadmap to a pay rise might look like those you know obviously i understand that not every company can be a google or an apple but google is really famous for taking care of your laundry washing your car etc it's because they firmly believe that if they take care of your chores, you can focus on work. And that's one way of doing it. And I think a lot of employers do believe that where they don't want you to come into work with worrying about your finances, where they want to make sure that you are looked after financially and the rest of it uh, so that your bandwidth can be best spent at work rather than you worrying about, you know, how are you going to pay your utility bills or how are you going to pay your rent at the end of the month, etc. So it is a delicate topic, but it, it is something that needs to be addressed. Also, just I, I, this comes with a little caveat and a fair warning because do this wrongly and your offer could very quickly turn into a rejection so it is very difficult you've got to judge the situation and this is where you know employers that offer a salary band comes in handy at least they say okay this role comes with a salary of between x and y and as long as you're asking for something that's between the x and y i think it's fairly reasonable because most employees when they advertise a role they would have budgeted for the top end of that so i don't think it's unreasonable to ask for the top end even if they gave you an offer towards the lower end of it that's completely reasonable but if the employer says that they have an offer limit of whatever the amount is and you're asking for a premium on top of that if you think you're worth it and if the employer thinks you're worth it they might there will be a room for maneuvering but be very careful because the last thing you want is turn a short offer into a rejection in the space of five minutes. Yeah, that 
I agree. I mean, like you said, if an employer finds a strong candidate that they really want on their team, they often go out of their way to offer um, a competitive salary. I remember reading an article a while back, I think it was literally titled uh, Ballsy Questions to Ask During Your Interview. And one of them was saying that they, it was an employer who said that they had a really strong candidate that said, um, if I meet X, Y, and Z, or X, Y, and Z uh, expectations during my first year on the job, can you give me a salary of, of a salary increase of 5% or something like that, or 2%? Um, you could potentially start with, Lucy said, ask about career progressions, and if it seems like they're progressing quite quickly, um, and they do do like probations every three months, this might be a question you could potentially bring up on a probation, pretty much asking, you know, if I, going forward from this, opera, from this kind of review, if I do this and this and this, can you help me get to this point of like a salary, a decent salary raise or something of the sort? So if that is the case and they do kind of agree to it, you can at least try to sort of make things meet or like ends meet until you get to that point. Um, so you're not really forfeiting your experience because of financial reasons and you're not having to also lose out on money because you want the experience. It's, it's kind of a delicate way of balancing everything, I would say. Um, but yeah, those are our two dilemmas for today. Oh, one um, last thing. Oh, one last thing it. I would like. Uh, one last thing I'd like to add to that is um, also pay particular attention to the perks and the work the workspace perks because each of those do kind of save you money and in somewhere or another. So it could be a discounted gym membership or it could be loan free, I mean, interest free tra uh, travel card loan or like a travel loan. There are loads of different perks that different employers offer and they do have a monetary value. And so look at the the compensation as an overall and not just that salary figure. A lot of employers include free teas, coffees, etc. which in a month, you know, I'm guilty of this. I used to spend about 60 pounds on coffee a month. And so if you're spending three pounds a day, 20 days a week, I mean, 20 days a month, rather, that's 60 pounds. That's almost, you know, that's a serious chunk of money. So look into all of those things because they do add up and see if they're all going to be struggling. Bring it up with the employer because as an employer, I'm pretty sure they would want to know that you know, you're financially looked after. Yeah, well, that's a good point. <laughs> and with that, we will end this recording on that kind of note. Um, as always, be sure to send in your dilemmas to us um, and we will talk about it on here and give you all of our advice where we can and tell you how to help you with, with, with whatever you need. But that'll pretty much do it. I guess we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. See ya. Bye. That's it for today's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave a review and subscribe. Do you know someone who is ready to launch out and get started on their career? Share this podcast. You can connect with us more on social media at the Career Growth Podcast. See you in the next episode.